0: Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. And welcome to another episode in Muslim Birth World Muslim Lifestyle. So, today was our clubhouse, and in response, in review, and further to, this is the follow up podcast. And we started the session today with a kind of visual settings that I created by my little monologue um, which always feels quite awkward but it was a fantastic session, alhamdulillah and a lot of people came and joined and spoke and shared and although I want to review the podcast I do want it to be known that I won't be disclosing that which was shared by anyone else in the group other than myself Um, and this is due to the fact that I maintain a privacy policy for the group. It is a members-only group. The recordings, sorry, the sessions are not recorded. So for that reason, I won't be disclosing anything that is shared by anybody else other than myself in the group. So we started off with a kind of visualization settings, um, a little bit of background to lead into the podcast. And I wanted to talk to everybody and share with everyone about a children's book that I had read the night before to my own children. My eldest is six, my son, my firstborn is six, my daughter is three, just, and my baby is eight months old, nearly. So in my search, the book that I came up with was a book called The Proudest Blue. Um, And it's written by Olympic medalist Ibtihaj Mohammed. Um, co-written actually with another author and an illustrator. And this book is about, uh, you know, essentially Ibtihaj Muhammad's and her sister's experience of hijab. So Ibtihaj Muhammad is an Olympic medalist and it says at the back, she brings readers an uplifting universal story of new experiences, the unbreakable bond between siblings and of being proud of who you are. And subhanAllah, as I read this book, you know, it's the nighttime storybook, children are just about to go to sleep, it's all nice, um, we were excited, Amina was calling it her um, Nikabi hijabi book and she was excited and then we sat down to read it and subhanAllah, um, I was struck with a t- quite different emotion. Um, so the children book, essentially, you know, I was believing was going to be educating and, you know, making my children feel, my my daughter primarily, aware and prepared for, you know, a hijab and what a hijab is from a little girl's perspective or two little girls' perspectives. I don't think I'd properly read the blurb. Anyway, it was exactly as it should be. However, my reaction to it as a, as a mom, as a, a mummy and ummi was perhaps not, not, what I expected Um, I was actually quite emotional and I'll, I'll explain why so the question was you know regarding the book is how we can best prepare our children for the outside world you know with regards to Muslim lifestyle integration these kinds of elements to our Muslim identity collectively how can we prepare our children for this world outside? And how can we prepare ourselves? When children first go to school, their first day at school, their shiny shoes, their uniform, if they wear them. But in fact, one of the questions we might ask ourselves, or one might ask oneself as a Muslim parent, mother, father, how do we fit into a society that is inherently and institutionally racist and discriminatory in so many ways? During the clubhouse today, um, I started with a the introduction and then a small visualization, and I allowed the group members to listen to a settings of a little girl, um, a young Muslim girl, a twelve-year-old girl, in fact, who was getting herself ready for school, and she's excited. She's um, learning English. She's not been in England long. She's someone who is from another country but has become integrated into England. Um, She attends school, secondary school. She's running around in the morning helping her mom get her little sister ready for nursery, her little brother ready for his primary school. She's very busy and excited. And that feeling of wanting to fit in, like we all have or had. And I want, you to, I want you just to imagine that. Stepping out of the door, taking her journey to school. And I want you to imagine that this was the life of a very young girl in England. And on 27th of June, 2019, the body of this little girl, this 12-year-old girl, Shukri Abdi, was found in the river Irwell, in Bury, in Greater Manchester. She'd come to the UK for the first time in 2017. She'd only been in the UK for two years. A group of children who were with her at the river at the time when she had died referred to only in the press as Child 1, Child 2, Child 3 and Child 4, and also in the courts. In December 2020, a coroner concluded that Shukri's death by drowning was an accident and that there was no evidence that the child known as Child 1 had any intention to kill Shukri. The lawyers fighting for justice for the family of Shukri argued that the police should have investigated more thoroughly before deciding the drowning was an accident. And this is because the incident involved a child who could not swim, a child who had never been in a river or to a river before, a child who had for the first time in her life not come home from school and a child who was with children she had never been with before after school these are just red red flags for anyone who is listening or reading or perceiving this information but this blue hijab just conjured up so much emotion in someone like myself who was so familiar with the, that image of Shukri Abdi that was across the press, that was across the news, um, that we all knew and shared virally and remember in remembrance of her and her family and what they would have gone through, must have still be going through. And the pride of that little girl and her blue hijab And this book. And I wept. And my children looked at me and asked me, Mommy, why are you crying? How can we, as Muslim parents, tell our children that story? That's our story. That's our Muslim identity. That's our Muslim lifestyle. That's our integration. That's who we are. So one might ask oneself, as a Muslim parent or a Muslim mother or father, how can we integrate? Should we integrate? Is it that we have to conform? Should we take off our hijab and Islamic attire? Would that then please them? Will that stop them attacking us or killing us? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, Never will the Jews nor the Christians be pleased with you until you follow their religion. This um, verse is ayah, which means verse, um, is number 120 from the second chapter of the Qur'an, Surat Al-Baqarah. And then I was also looking into... um, what we're seeing on the news, what we're seeing in the media as representative of us um, regarding a comment that had been made by one of the group members previously in the previous week. And I won't disclose what was said, but it was related to this, the idea that we are looking what we are as an identity, what we are and what we're looking like and how we're seen. So take Noor Tagori, Tagori, I don't know quite how to pronounce her name. She is a journalist from USA, Maryland, um, originally of Libyan origin or descent. And she herself, after completing a degree in journalism at the University of Maryland, her she was questioned by her tutors, who had made her feel that she would never really be able to remain objective because of her decision to wear a hijab. And her response to this is resonant with so many of us Muslim women and girls. And Nor says, and I quote, What makes a good journalist is a person who is committed to witnessing a story before telling it. And she continues, This means that when you have an intention to tell a story, before you decide to write any part of it, you witness your intention play out that story will always be far more impactful than the one you've already written. Unquote. Intention is a huge aspect of the deen, which means faith, of Islam. Intention, and in Arabic niyyah, is an important matter, as it is the essence of deeds through which deeds become valid. As the Prophet Muhammad alaihi wasallam), peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Actions are but by intentions, and each person will have but that which he intended. So we are in fact rewarded for our intentions, subhanAllah. This hadith is narrated by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. I suppose we may ask ourselves what our, or us Muslims as a collective, intentions are in our everyday lifestyle as Muslims here in the UK. Jazakallah khair, more points for review, more points for ponderment and inshallah I'll be back with another podcast very soon. If you have any comments, anything you'd like to say, please do feel free to comment and share and follow me for more updates inshallah. Okay, jazakallah khair, assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi Barakatuh.